We're going to go to Psalm number one tonight. Salmo número uno esta noche. Praise the Lord. Some of you, I'm sure, have this psalm memorized. I hope you do. It's a good one to memorize. If you don't, start tonight. Praise the Lord. I want to use as a subject tonight, it pays to serve the Lord. How many of you can say amen to that? I said it pays to serve the Lord. They say crime doesn't pay. But it pays to serve the Lord. The Bible says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your presence. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might hear the word and receive it as seed into their heart, bearing much fruit for the glory of God. This we ask in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning or this evening. The Bible says a great deal about two categories of people. In fact, there really are only two categories of people. There are only the righteous and the wicked. La Biblia nos habla mucho de dos categorías de personas. La verdad es que solamente hay dos categorías de personas en el mundo. El justo y el impío. You say, but pastor, aren't there some, some people that are kind of righteous and some that are kind of wicked? That might be true from the human perspective, but from God's point of view, you are either righteous by faith in Jesus Christ, which we call salvation, or you're wicked, lost without hope and without God in the world. I hope all of you tonight are righteous. I hope everyone in here tonight is saved because there are only two groups of people in the world, saved people and lost people. If you're saved, you know what it's like to have your sins forgiven, to be given new life in fellowship with God. If you're lost, then you don't know what it's like to have your sins forgiven, and you are still in your sins. The Bible tells you, it commands you, God commands you to turn to Christ, to put your faith in Jesus, to believe in Christ as your Savior, to accept the grace of God. Uh, revealed to you at the cross, and that when you do that, you'll be made 
righteous. The only way to be righteous is to be made righteous by God. The Bible teaches us that all of us are sinners. We're all born into sin. We're all born in the wicked category. Even before you and I had sinned a single time, we were already under the judgment of sin because of the, the original sin of Adam. We were born into darkness and born into wickedness. And we were born and destined for hell except by the grace of God. A new plan, a new, a new course came into our life. And Jesus made us a part of the righteousness of God. So when a, a wicked man or a wicked sinner, when a person who is born without God puts faith in Jesus, they become the righteousness of God. The Bible said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that we have become the righteousness of God in Christ. So tonight, I want to tell you who are righteous. I want to speak to those of you who have given your heart to Christ, who have made a decision of your life to serve the Lord, that it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to walk in righteousness before God. Let's study the path of the wicked for a moment. Just for a minute, think about what the Bible says about wickedness, about the path of the wicked. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. It says there is a broad way, and many walk in it. This is the path of the wicked. The path of the wicked is wide. It's permissive. It allows everything. The path of the wicked is a path of diversions, entertainments, and uh, pleasures of this life. It is a path that offers much, but pays very little. For Jesus said, the end thereof is death. So the path of the wicked, the Bible says, is always downward. The scripture says, there is no rest for the wicked. You might think for a moment that the wicked get ahead. And that's why this message is so important tonight. Because many times when we study our life and we say, wait a minute, this isn't adding up. I'm serving God. I'm going to church faithfully. I'm tithing. I'm giving. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm carrying my Bible. I'm reading the Bible. I'm memorizing scripture. I'm watching uh, Christian television programs. I listen to positive and encouraging Christian radio. I do all of those things, and yet I look around, and I see someone who's not doing any of that, someone who's wicked, someone who is unrighteous, someone who steals and cheats and, and who lies and seems to prosper and get away with it and seems to be going always higher and always upward. Friend, realize that that's just for the moment. Because there is no rest for the wicked. The liar has to keep lying in order to cover the lies he's told. The thief has to keep stealing because he doesn't know how to work, how to, how to develop, and how to grow his prosperity. The, the cheat has to keep cheating. And so there's this constant perpetual work that goes into being wicked. You might look back at your old life and you think about how how exhausting it was to work all week long to go blow it all on one party. To go and burn all your money on drugs and alcohol. And you, you realize how hard you were working for the weekend. How hard you were working for that vice, for that sinful pleasure, which was there for a moment, was then gone out of your life forever. 
never to be seen again. That is the way of the wicked. The Bible said the way of the wicked is hard. So I don't have to tell you too much about that because if you want to, if you want to go the way of sin, you'll find that it's hard real quick. The Bible tells us about a young man who left his father's house. He said to his father, give me all of my share of the inheritance. I want to go off and do my own thing. His father gave him his share of the inheritance. And while he had money, he had friends. That's some very important information right there. If they're only your friends when you prosper, they're really not your friends. Say amen, somebody. And while he had money, he had friends. But when he had no money, he had no more friends. And then he found himself a Jewish boy, hungry and starving. He took a job feeding pigs and swine in a farm that was dedicated to that purpose. Here you have a Jewish boy who was by, by religious uh, practice and teaching not allowed to touch the pigs, let alone uh, to live among them or eat them. Yet he looks at these pigs and he says, I wish I could eat what they're eating. He had discovered the, uh, the awesome truth and the incontributable, in, in, in indisputable truth that wickedness does not pay. That the way of the wicked is hard. It is hard because God makes it hard. It is hard because God has set his face against the wicked. Because God has set his hand against the wicked. Because God has determined that the wicked will not prosper. That they will not prevail. And so he has made their way hard. So friend, if you think you're going to succeed in the path of the wicked, you're wrong. Because God has set himself against it. And sooner or later, the way of the wicked will lead to folly and will perish. But tonight I want to talk to you about the fact that it pays to serve the Lord. And this psalm lays out a, a degree of the paycheck of the righteous. It tells us about the benefits of serving God. The benefits of walking with the Lord. And we begin by reading in verse 1. This little expression that tells us a whole lot about the paycheck and the benefits of serving God. It says, how blessed. Everybody say, how blessed. That word how implies an astonishment at the fact that the, that the righteous man is greatly blessed. How blessed is the man. Oh, friends, when you decide to serve God. When you decide to walk with God, when you decide to do things God's way, I assure you, a day will come when the world will look at you, and your neighbor will look at you, and even your Christian brother will look at you and say, how blessed is the man who walks with God. They'll look at you, and they'll see how much God has done for you. He says, how blessed, that word blessed is a declaration from God. It is a favorable declaration from God. Dice la escritura, bendito el hombre. Esto es la primer parte de la paga de aquel que le sirve a Dios. La bendición es una declaración de la boca de Dios. La bendición es una declaración, una disposición favorable de parte de Dios. Now just think about this for a minute. Every time God speaks, what God says happens. 
All right, God is the creator. Say amen, somebody. That means when God said, let there be light, there was light. And when God said that there would be a firmament, there was a firmament. Everything God says happens. That's why God doesn't joke around. Say amen, somebody. That's why God doesn't, doesn't use or waste words. Because everything God says comes to pass. And now we understand how important this is. Because if a blessing is something that God has said, then that means that God has spoken into the life of the believer, of the righteous, blessing. And that blessing is going to come to pass. That blessing is going to manifest itself in the life of the believer. Say amen, somebody. How blessed, blessed and favorable is the word and disposition of God toward this man. What kind of man is he? He's the kind of man who does not walk. In the counsel of the wicked. And this means that the righteous man doesn't take advice from wicked people. You realize that when you have a decision to make, you have to go to God. You have to go to God's word and you have to go to wise counselors. Say amen, somebody. You go to God. You go to God's word. You go to wise counselors. This man is blessed because he does not run or go to the wicked to seek counsel. He doesn't go to the wicked to get advice. You'll discover that the advice of the wicked is natural. It is, it is limited by the natural perspective. It is limited by the here and the now. There is a wisdom that comes from above. There is a wisdom that comes from God. There is a wisdom that surpasses and far exceeds human knowledge or understanding. And that wisdom can only be found in the word of God. That wisdom can only be found by the voice of God. And that wisdom will only be found in the household of God. And so the righteous man goes to seek wisdom and knowledge from God. Then it says he does not stand in the path of sinners. This man does not go out to the broad way to see what he might see. Say amen, somebody. You see, you and I don't have time. We don't have the luxury of going to check out what the world is doing. If you go check out what the world is doing, soon you will be doing what the world is doing. Say amen, somebody. So you don't have time to go and see what's going on on the Broadway. He does not stand in the path of sinners. It is alarming sometimes when you think about how Christians will go out and dabble in the world. They say, I just want to reach my friends. They'll go hang out at the nightclub so they can reach their friends. They'll go hang out in the bar so they can reach their friend. No, the righteous does not stand in the path of the sinner. He has forsaken that path. He walks on a narrow path, the path that leads to light, the path that leads to righteousness. And when he is walking on that path, he finds himself blessed by the Lord. This is what the Bible says. Stand in the way and ask, where is the good way? What's the right path to go in? And then walk therein. Don't waste a minute of your time standing in the path of the sinner. Looking to see and to taste what they see and what they taste. And then it says that he does not sit in the seat of scoffers. The righteous man does not sit around with people who are scoffing or mocking God. He does not, he does not spend time listening to people. Arguing about whether there's a God or not. 
He doesn't spend time entertaining the arguments of the world, but rather has a ready answer and a ready defense against those arguments. The Apostle Peter said, be ready always to give an answer for those who, who ask for the peace or the answer for the hope that lies within you. This man knows that he can't sit around people who take the name of the Lord in vain. That he can't sit around people that mock and scoff at the holiness of God and the righteousness of God. But he has chosen to, to be a man of righteousness, to walk in the counsel of God's people, and to sit in the assembly of those who worship and praise God. Do you realize how wise you are to come to the house of God tonight? You say, well, you know, for a moment there, you were getting a little loud. And, and the guy next to me was shouting hallelujah a bit too loud. And, and I don't understand all this hand-raising business. Well, friend, you're better off listening to that because that's going to lead you to life. That's going to lead you to hope. Because you see, when we praise God, his presence is manifested in our life. When you sit in the seat of those who worship God, who honor God, who bless God, you are standing in a place of blessing. You might say, well, why do you carry on like that? Well, you have to understand where some of us have been to understand why some of us do what we do. You have to understand the places that God has brought us out of so that you can understand the place where we're standing today. And if you had been where we were, you would do what we were doing. If you had seen what we saw, you would be saying what we're saying. Come on, somebody. If you had been delivered like we had been delivered, you'd throw up your hands and say hallelujah too because you would have a testimony of the power and the grace of God in your life. Is there anybody in here that has a testimony of the power of God at work in your life. Then he says his delight is in the law of the Lord. He loves the Bible. He loves the word of God. Do you delight in God's word? Do you read God's word? Have you memorized parts of God's word? Have you hidden his word in your heart? Why does he delight in the law of the Lord? Because he knows that it is a lamp to his feet, a light to his path. He knows that it is better than his necessary food, that it is his daily bread. He knows that the word of God is the wisdom of God, that it is able to preserve the soul. It is able to convert the lost. So he delights in the law of the Lord. There are churches today that don't preach the Bible anymore. There are churches today that teach philosophy and other human ideas and man-made concepts and precepts. There are some churches that claim to be Christian churches but don't read the Bible. They don't preach the word of God. Friend, they are missing the very point. They're missing the whole package because it is the word of God that gives life to the spirit of man. Freud and Nietzsche and Socrates and Plato have no power. They have no anointing. They cannot break a yoke. They cannot destroy bondage. They cannot heal a single disease. But the word of God is able to change your life and transform the most difficult situation into something for glory and honor and praise to the living God. They delight in the law of the Lord. And so I'll tell you tonight, if you're looking for a church, let me tell you something about this church. 
We preach the Bible. We believe the Bible. We love the Bible because the Bible is the answer for the world, the answer for the soul, the answer for the family, the answer for your finances, the answer for your health. Come on, somebody. The Bible is the answer. We delight in the law of the Lord. We love the word of God. I love the word of God. And when you and I get in tight places, it's what comes out. If it's in you, it'll come out when you get in a tight place. Because it is so powerful. He delights in it. And then it adds to that and it says, and on his law, he meditates both day and night. That means when you wake up, you wake up thinking, what does God's word say? When you wake up, you wake up saying, this is the day which the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And when you go down to bed, you go down quoting scripture. You go down saying, I will lay myself to rest in peace because I know that the Lord God watches over me. For he sends his angels to camp around those who fear him. When you and I meditate on the law of the Lord. We are doing that very thing that preserves the soul. What does it mean to meditate? Literally the word meditate is to chew the cud. I don't, I don't want to gross you out, but if you ever, if you ever uh, met a cow, you met a cud chewer. And a cow, that means a cow will chew the grass and then it'll put it down in its belly. And after a while, it'll bring it back up and chew it again. And then it'll go down into its stomach again, a different stomach. And then it'll come up, he'll chew it again. And this is the digestive process of a cow. Aren't you glad we aren't cows in here tonight? Praise the Lord that we only have to chew it once. But you realize that that's the word that David is using here. He says we meditate on the law of God. That means we heard the sermon on Sunday, but on Monday we brought it back to mind. And we began to cultivate it in our heart and in our mind. And then Tuesday we brought it up again, and Wednesday again, and Thursday again. And every time you go back to the word, there's fresh nutrients, fresh life, fresh power. He meditates on it both day and night. What is, this, what is the result of all of this? He is like a tree that is planted by streams of water. He is, first of all, a strong tree. He is not easily tossed over or blown because of adversities in his life. Listen, friend, this is why it pays to serve the Lord. Because winds and rains are going to come into your life. They may not happen every day, but once or twice in your life, you're going to have a Hurricane Harvey blow over you. A few times in your life, you're going to find winds so strong that they'll devastate your life. If you are not strong in faith, strongly rooted in the soil of the word of God, strongly rooted in the, in the stream of the spirit of God, this man is strong. He is able to withstand the tests of time. We look around in, uh, in our county here. We have a great number of large oak trees. The place where I went to high school had some oak trees that it would take four people to get around. And you think about how long does it take to get that big and how long does it take to be that strong. 
Those oak trees have withstood storm after storm. Some of those oak trees withstood Harvey, and they also withstood Claudette, and then they even withstood Beulah. Any of you know Beulah? Way, way back there in the 60s. The only way I know about Beulah is because my mom had a big, noisy fan, and she nicknamed it Beulah. So that's how I learned about the Hurricane Beulah. But those trees withstood all of those storms, storms that no longer anybody talks about. They're now memories of the past. And you might say, I want to be like that tree. I want to be strong like that. Well, friend, it doesn't happen overnight. You've got to stay in the Word, stay in the river, stay in the presence of God. And year upon year, you will grow and mature. You will become an oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that which is not easily shaken. And so when the winds come, when the storms rage, when the, when the howling winds of trial come into your life, you will endure because you are walking and serving God. What more about this tree? This tree yields fruit. It is a fruitful tree. It is the kind of tree that gives fruit. Listen, it's a miracle tree. It gives fruit in every single season. You realize that by the natural perspective, a tree only gives fruit one season of the year. But this tree gives fruit every single season. That means it's giving fruit in the winter. It's giving fruit in the spring. It's giving fruit in the summer. It's giving fruit in the fall. It's giving fruit when there's a depression in the economy. It's giving fruit when there's prosperity. It's giving fruit when there's a Republican in the White House. It's giving fruit when there's a Democrat in the White House. It's giving fruit when the pastor is preaching. It's giving fruit when the pastor is not preaching. It's giving fruit when you sing a song you know. It's giving fruit when they sing a song you don't know. It is giving fruit in every season of life. When you go to a, free, a funeral, it's giving fruit. When you go to a wedding, it's giving fruit. When you dedicate a baby, it's giving fruit. In every season of life, it is bearing fruit. Come on, somebody. It pays to serve the Lord. I said it pays to serve the Lord. When I bought a house in, in Kennedy, there was a pecan tree. There were two pecan trees. But the one in the back, I didn't care for because it had really... Small pecans, and they were hard, and it was just too much trouble. But the one up front had some big, beautiful, easy-to-crack pecans. But it only gave me one harvest. After I moved in, that tree did not bear any fruit for the next six years. I don't know if it's bearing fruit now. I don't want to be that Christian. I don't want to be the guy that started out great but just blew over with the wind. No, I want to bear fruit every year of my life. How many of you tonight have made up your mind? I'm going to bear fruit every year of my life. Every season he bears fruit and his leaf does not wither. He's always green, always blessed, always prospering. He's an evergreen, the kind of tree that doesn't turn brown when it doesn't rain, but that endures the harsh heat of the day. He's green in every season and fruitful in every season. You know what the leaves represent in the Bible? The Bible said that the leaves of the righteous are medicine to the nations. They become a fruitful supply of health and healing to people around them. And so their fruit does 
uh, is brought forth every season, and their leaf is green and, <clears throat> and does not wither. And this is my favorite part of the text as I close tonight. Whatever he does, somebody say whatever. Say it again, whatever. Now I want you to notice a theme tonight. Wednesday night, I told you, all things are yours. Say all things. This morning, I told you that all things are possible. Say all things. And now we read that whatever he does, all the things he does, prosper. You know there are people that would sell their right arm to get that secret. There are people that would give up a fortune so that everything that they do will prosper. But this is the pay of the righteous. Whatsoever he does will prosper. If he buys a house, the house prospers. Two people said amen. If he gets a job, the job prospers. If he goes to college, his, ed his, his education prospers. When he gives an offering, it, all, it prospers. When he tithes, it prospers. If she bakes a cake, it prospers. If she makes tortillas, they prosper. How many of you want that? If he preaches a sermon, it prospers. You know, I had a man come by the other day, a few months ago. He said, Pastor Isaac, he said, one day I came to church. I didn't want to come to church. My parents dragged me to church. Grown man, parents still dragged him to church. He said, I was not interested in the sermon. I was not listening to the sermon. But when you gave the altar call, I could not stay in my seat. I gave my life to Jesus. That's the power of the word. His outer man was tuned out, but his inner man was checked in. Why? Because whatever he does will prosper. I preached that morning, and God prospered what I preached. And you and I have to expect that. Whatsoever he does will prosper. Now, here's the secret. Not whatever he plans to do. Not whatever he hopes to do. Not whatever he would like to do. Not whatever he says someday if I get around to it. No. What he does. Are you a doer tonight? Are you a doer tonight? Because doers prosper. If you sit around saying, I want to go back to school someday. But you're not going to prosper until you go. If you say, well, I'd like to be able to give more. You're not going to prosper until you start giving. If you say, I want to witness. You're not going to prosper till you witness. It's not good intentions that God blesses. It's the deed of the righteous that God blesses. And he has put a, a disposition, a blessing over your life. Whatever he does will prosper. This is God's promise. Whatever he does. What are you doing? Are you complaining? Are you gossiping? Are you wasting time? Because that's going to be 
prospering in your life. You're going to have more complaint and more gossip and more wasted time in your life. But if you pray, if you get in the word, if you witness, if you worship, if you boast in God, if you do a good job at work, if you, if you set your mind to excellence, you will find the blessing of God in everything that you do. This is God's blessing to every righteous man and woman. So the Bible says the wicked are not so. The wicked don't prosper in everything they do. He says about the wicked, they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. What is chaff? We don't cultivate wheat around here, but in the old times, they would take the wheat, and they would put it on a hilltop on a hard surface, and then they would put an ox cart over it, and they would run the ox cart over it, and they would break down the stalks of wheat and separate the kernel of wheat from the little paper shell leaf that's around it. That's the chaff. And then they would take that wheat and they would throw it up in the air. And because they were on a hilltop, the wind would blow over the hill. Or else they had some large fans. And when that wind would blow through it, the heavy grain would fall to the ground and the, the paper shell of the wheat would blow away. That's the life of the wicked. He's here today. He's gone. So he should have lived it up while he was here because he's not going to live it up later. It's over. Judgment and damnation for all time. Separation from God. That's the way of the wicked. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff driven away by the wind. The Bible said this, John the Baptist speaking. He said that Jesus was coming and he had his fan in his hand. Oh friends, the day is coming when King Jesus is coming back to the earth. And he's going to have that blast of wind. That he's going to blow away the chaff from this world. And the wicked will be no more. The wicked are not so. The wicked will not stand in the day of judgment. They won't stand a chance. They're going to be blown away at the judgment of the living God. And the way of the wicked will perish. It pays to be righteous. It pays to serve the Lord. There's coming a day when you'll stand before God. And you'll look over, and you'll see the judgment of the wicked, and you'll say, it pays to serve the Lord. Today, your work, your labor, your righteousness is not in vain. It pays to serve God. You will be like a tree planted by living water who bears fruit in every season, whose leaves are always green, and whatever you do will prosper. Would you stand with me, please, this evening? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Almighty God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Your word is life. Tonight, we bear witness that it is far better to serve the Lord. I pray tonight that you would encourage the faith of your church in every place that they go and everything that they do. And I ask you to manifest your power and presence on their behalf as they pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find two or three people around you, and I want us to have a prayer meeting tonight. I want you to share your prayer needs with somebody else. And we're going to get into agreement tonight that God is going to answer, and God is going to supply the need that you have. Maybe you're discouraged today. Maybe you look around you and you don't see things going your way. Trust in God. Trust in God. Watch Him work. It pays to serve the Lord. It pays to pray. It pays to honor God. Come on, get into faith tonight. Pray for somebody.